And welcome to Catholics Coast to Coast, where we get to deepen our walk with God by really diving deep into the conversations happening at Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio. I am H. McKay, always ready to help really to kind of find out what it is that we need to do to understand God's Word. So why not dive straight into this week's Mass readings with this week's Word on the Word. In this Sunday's Gospel, we hear about the healing of the leper. He knelt down before Jesus and said, If you will it, you can make me clean. Jesus touched him and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and the man was cured. What stands out to me is how the man approaches Christ. He's filled with faith and accepts the fact that he may not be healed. I think it's difficult to really want something and also understand that you may not get it. And this can be a hard reading for people to hear, especially if they've been praying for a miracle for a really long time and it feels like God's ignoring them. I'm sure one of you watching has had a health issue or been given a cross that seems too big to carry. And it can be really frustrating to call to God for help and not get an immediate answer. But God does see you and he hears your cries. He desires to heal us and make us whole again. And even if we're not fully healed in this life, he will make us whole in the next. This week, we challenge you to reach out to someone you know who's really struggling. Ask them if you can pray for them, do something for them, or both. And catch us next time. Bye. Toodles. Well, a better understanding and definitely something that can help lead us into Mass for the weekend. That is Word on the Word. If you want to get previous episodes or make sure you don't miss future ones, check us out, Podcast Central at EWTN.com. As we jump into our conversations with this week's Coast to Coast, Fierce is talking about how we can stay focused on the task at hand. I know if you're like me, multitasking is probably an art form, but refocusing ourselves for our mind and and our spiritual growth. Let's dive into this week's episode of Fierce on Catholics Coast to Coast. This season, we're talking about the it factor, the toolbox of attributes beyond your skills, drills, and stats. Whether you're looking to be a standout recruit, a leader on your team, or be an influence beyond your athletic career, these topics will help you become the best athlete and person you can be. We're going deep to discuss how to grow in virtue and strength, ultimately becoming a fierce athlete. Welcome back, everybody. This week, we're going to be talking about focus. Um, I have with me Samantha and Danae, and we're just going to get right into it. So let's start with what is focus? I mean, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory, I think, in a lot of regards. Um, but something that I think is key to having focus is you have a goal. There's something that you want to achieve, whether that's in your sports career, in your personal life, in your academic life. And everything you do, right, becomes a kind of honed in on that goal um, and oriented towards that goal. And, and I think focus with with major goals has to kind of pervade all aspects of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, focus, I think we've all been in that game or that situation where things for some reason are just spiraling. Maybe, you know, like maybe your team's having a rough time and like, it's something we've all heard. Like, you know, your coach telling you like, get focused, like, stay focused. Yeah. Like redirect. Um, but Sam, I think you're right. It is all coming back to having a goal. Right. And then, you know, mid game, maybe that's 
hey, our goal is to win. <laughs> yeah. Let us uh, come back together, refocus, yeah. you know, kind of shake off mistakes that may have happened and taking refocus. That time out and yeah, taking that time out, regathering, focusing on our goal to win the game and mm -hmm. what we have to do to accomplish that goal. Yeah. I also <laughs> feel like you have to have a lot of self control when it comes to having focus. Um, I know for me personally, <clears throat> Uh, I'm working with my spiritual director right now, and we're talking about how the first step in terms of like achieving your goals is to be aware and pay attention. Um, so stopping for a second and thinking about your thoughts and is this going to make me go towards the higher or is it going to keep me where I'm at? Mm. I like that, that pay attention because we were talking earlier, you know, the idea of focus, it does, it is self-explanatory, you know, so we have to be focused to reach our goals, but what is, I guess, pulling us away from that focus is just mm -hmm. the district, all of the distractions, you know, that are everywhere around mm -hmm. us and that like pay attention that like be in the present moment and kind of tackle what's right in front of you, I think is a huge life lesson, something that we have to just keep relearning how to take one step in front of the uh, you know another and tackle that that first thing in front of us mm -hmm. pay attention stay focused on what's right in front of you yeah and um, you, you make a good point right <clears throat> our world is probably more full of distractions than it ever has been before i mean i mean i'm just even thinking of the simple example of you're at you, you know your game and now you have like media clips being played before and after you're being constantly filmed for social media. Um, you know, you have fans there, you have all the advertisements and flashing things around yeah. you, you know, you have what the other team is doing, how they're reacting, what the ref is doing, how he's acting. Um, you know, in your own mind, you have the distractions of, well, now I have these sponsors that I have to play well for it. It's, I mean, and that's just, surrounding a game i mean we look at the greater culture it's access to social media it's you know the distractions going on if you're in college what everybody else is doing on their weekends there you know relationships friendships boyfriends you know it's there's a lot of things that are competing for our attention Definitely. and you know it's like okay yeah i recognize that well how do i how do i just stay focused uh, you know, Danae, you said it. It's something you actually have to practice. Yeah, it is definitely something you have to practice. It takes skill to draw your attention away from <clears throat> things that are pulling you from your goal and to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. Straight back to virtue in, in the idea of it takes practice to create virtue. You know, it's it's this, mm -hmm. you know, it's our muscle. It's it's repeated movements that is building our ability you know our strength and in this you know what what we're talking about our ability to focus it's not a i mean maybe you feel it in class it's not a like you have you start with a five-hour class and you can just focus the whole through whole thing through you know oh it's gosh, almost like no. you have to build yourself up and and make that conscious decision to to work at it um to be focused to set aside those distractions you know, to allow yourself yeah. time to focus. Yeah. And, and the, it, right. This is such, there's such a mental toughness aspect to this. Um, you know, when, when you have a goal, right. 
you know, it's important to create sub goals mm -hmm. to reach that goal. But, but even if you have a goal of winning a game, it's, you know, something that I encourage people to do is to have ways built into their game that you can refocus. So say the ball goes out of bounds, right? Um, use that, like that is your trigger to take three deep breaths or you have a timeout that is your trigger to, you know, I always would write things on my wrist just to remind me about my goal or who I was, or, you know, help me stay focused. Again, this is something that we're training. And, uh, the, the cool thing about the, the brain is in a, in a certain sense, it's, it's kind of like a muscle, uh, it's something called neuroplasticity that we can actually train our brains to be focused. Now, again, we have, you know, a short attention span that's being developed by things like TikTok and things. So a five hour class to a lot of people is hard. You know, I heard from a, a 14 year old recently, like, oh, I can barely sit through a full movie because I'm used to the one minute clip on, on TikTok. And it's like, okay, that is your reality. Like that's what you're, what you're battling now. Are those things helping you be able to stay focused through an hour and a half game? You can't sit through an hour and a half well, movie. Are you going to say you know, talk an hour about and a half tennis game. match? Am I right? Oh <laughs> gosh, whoever just yeah. watched the Woo! U.S. Open. I mean, three to five hours those games can be. Yeah, I think I think the best talking about focus in the middle of a game, and you kind of that's a great thing to think about versus like a timeout or you know those spaces when you can pull yourself back in. But it's so in. A lot of games, you know, you have that space of, I think the best coaches in, in sport just talk about like being present, like taking, you know, cause you don't eat your full meal in one bite, right? You kind of take small bites. You try to focus like so intensely, so diligently on each and every point, like mm. or each play, like if you focus on each play, you know, and then when the play's over, like break, rest, reset and then go back to focusing on the next play, that is when you will maybe piece together a full game of intense focus and probably a win, I would say. Yeah, and I would think a race. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that also we break races down with rowing in terms of 500s. So a full race is 2,000 meters, and you break it down by 500-meter chunks, four of them. And when you, th when you think about that, it – it makes it easier for your mind to process, but also your body to respond um, to that overwhelming feeling of, I don't know physically I can get through 2000 meters pushing myself that hard. So it allows you to develop different focuses to have the ultimate goal of having the fastest race possible. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great example, right? Okay. So you have a 2000 meter race. Each 500 meters has a different focus, right? So the first 500, you're out of the gate, you're going real hard, and then you're kind of settling into your race pace, you know, and then each, so each, you know, each 500 has it. And then, you know, the last 500, it's like all out, you're, you're, oh, you're going you hard, you know, so each has its own focus. And I think that's a, a great kind of um, small analogy for, for our greater goals. So say your greater goal is to um, become a starting player. Okay. You know that in order to do that, you have to become faster and you have to have better, you're, you have to work on your shot and you have to have better ball control. Okay. So your so that's your big goal. Your sub goals are to become faster, to have better ball control and have a better shot. Then you can take each of those three goals and every week break it down. 
right? So this week I'm going to do, you know, this amount of extra sprints and I'm going to do this downhill work to work on my speed. You know, I'm going to do this skill, this, this set of skills, and I'm going to, you know, go out and shoot a hundred free throws after every practice. Um, that's you know, and then you have a, like a mini focus in order to build to that greater focus. And that yeah. big goal becomes then kind of, yeah, you're already manageable, chewable. Yeah. You're already accomplishing the greater goal because you're when, as you tackle these smaller goals, it, it, it sets the foundation for you to be able to reach your big goal. And I think like focus begets focus. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you achieve these small things that's going to help you focus on the next step, right? One play, one goal at a time. Yeah. I mean, we're always building, like we are always, yeah. Like, you know, gaining yeah. muscle strength. Like, I feel like it's, it's just layering, like focus on focus, yeah. right? You don't, I, even in, in week to week, as we're going through these attributes, you know, hopefully by the end of week 10, like we've gained because we're building on mm-hmm. each other. And I, I feel like that's how we kind of approach life, right? You know, you try to tackle small things and to make yourself yes. as whole as you can. And and it's like virtue, <clears throat> right? When you, when you're growing, you're, you're going to grow in that virtue, that virtue to be able to, because focus requires you to say no to a lot of other things, which I think is something in our culture we don't do well with right. saying no to people saying no to opportunities. But if you have this goal, right? If you have a goal of, I want to get faster and I'm going to make a goal to get up at 6 a.m. and run extra sprints. Well, then the night before, when somebody asks you to hang out, you have to say no, because you know that you have to get a good night's sleep or you see that you're tired throughout the week and it's affecting negatively your goals. Well, then I have to make a goal to sleep eight hours a night. Everybody should be doing that. We live in a very sleep deprived culture. (laughs) Seriously, very sleep deprived culture. The number one reducer of stress is eight hours of sleep sleep at night. Sorry, I'm get off my pedestal on that one. <laughs> um, but you know, and in the distractions of the college culture, the distractions to to really your soul, yeah. and we'll shift to the theology in a second. But you know, you have on, on the college campus, or even in high schools, even in the, the greater culture, um, when you're not striving for just a, a greater holiness, what what's competing for your attention? It's it's drinking, it's sex, it's power. Um, it's money. Like those four things are really like <laughs> trying to distract our souls from our eventual yeah, goal. Yeah. Of heaven. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, that is, that is our ultimate goal and it should be, you know, so how are we breaking down kind of, <laughs> yeah, our sports life, but also our individual life and our spirituality. How are we growing? How are we, are we writing down goals you know, like we, to get to heaven, I mean, you know, what is our game plan? We have to kind of approach it with the, with the game plan. And and getting to heaven is a lifelong journey. So you have to break it down in order to get there. Like you can't it's a little overwhelming. Like, yeah, you, one day you, you can't, can't just be like, I'm going to heaven. Like, because you've got it. There's multiple steps that need to be taken to be able to get there. Mm-hmm. And that can be overwhelming, right? You look mm-hmm. at that and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. But, but the beauty of that, that goal is you have the Lord with you in it. Yes. So it's, it's not, well, I, I mean, I'm going to get to heaven and this is how he wants me to get there. I'm going to choose these goals. It's okay, Lord, 
what is your will for my life? I desire to be with you in eternity. How, how do you desire for me to get there? And he's laid out a, a pretty beautiful path of the commandments and scripture and the sacramental life that'll help us get there. But each of us individually has our own path. We have our own struggles we have to overcome, our own um, areas we need to grow in virtue, but also our own strengths and our own ways that the Lord is calling us to serve him in order to, to grow closer to him and, and also in order to bring other people Yes. into just even the framework that of, wow, my life's not all about me and achieving, you know, money and power and fame. It's, it's about this ultimate goal of heaven. Yeah, absolutely. And thank, thank, I am so thankful that he's like merciful too, you know, because yeah. I mean, we're talking about focus and how, how easy, whether it's in class, you know, in that longer class or in our sport that our mind is just, <laughs> not focused, you know, and we're distracted. And, and oftentimes I, I feel myself in prayer or what, whether I'm at mass, like <laughs> wandering, you know, yeah, so yeah. I think, thank the Lord for his mercy and just his desire for, you know, to just pull us back closer to him. And he's so forgiving and loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Something that a spiritual director kind of told me that was so helpful is he encouraged me to identify in, in terms of this, right? Because how many times do we go to mass and we like, you know, totally are somewhere else when the consecration is going on? Like we're, we're mentally like, thinking we're about practice, practice or, yeah. or, right? Yeah. The readings have gone by and we don't even know what they were about, right? Right. So in regards to that, but also in regards to how many times we go into prayer or we try to pray and it ends up, we're thinking about this and we're thinking about that person. We're thinking about the, all the things we have to do. So what he told me is, identify your primary, your secondary, and your tertiary distractions. So what are the the primary three things, the top three things that compete for your attention when you enter prayer? And it might take you going into prayer. Like say, I want to pray 15 minutes of silent prayer. Something I would encourage everybody to do. Get 15 minutes of just not reading, not, you know, like it's important to read scripture and do all these things and pray the rosary. But, but I'm talking about 15 minutes of just you and God, just sitting there, just talking. Right. And that is when, oh man, the thoughts come in, the distractions, identify what those things are. So for me, the first was my phone. Yeah. A little buzz and it'll (laughs) buzz. And what does that do? I'm in prayer and all of a sudden, so I stopped bringing my my phone and my Apple watch into prayer (laughs) because it's also when I'm bored in the 15 minutes, what am I going to do? Look at my watch make sure nobody needs me. It's 15 minutes, you know, or if you're praying longer, it's okay. The world's not going to end in 15 minutes. Um, and if it does, God's going to take care of you where, where you're supposed to be anyway. So there you go. Um, so the first is, uh, mine was phone. The second was, um, my to-do list. So I was thinking of all the things I had to do. Um, and the third was other people, Yeah, which is a great thing when God brings people onto my heart, but it's like, okay, I will remember to pray for that person or bless that person. And we kind of put it aside or the to-do list. Sometimes I would just, in the beginning, I would go through my whole to-do list in my mind and I'll just give it to Mary or give it to the Lord and say, okay, there's all that. Now let's like really talk. But those were my three things, but being aware of them allowed me to, it's like, oh, when I see one creeping up, it's like, oh no, that's one of my distractions. Let's refocus here. Being aware of them allowed you to try to avoid them so yeah. that you could increase your focus, how to increase your focus silence. I think that's huge. Yeah. You brought up silence and I mean, prayer and just throughout the day, because we do not get a lot of that. 
No, no, no. And, and, and right. You know, we've talked about the body and the soul affect each other. If I have a, a peaceful, silent soul, it's going to allow the rest of my life to be balanced and focused. And, and I, I guarantee you that. Um, and finding that peace will help you to focus. And I mean, that will just seep into every part of your day, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether you're in practice, whether you're playing a game, whether you're at mass or whether you're in prayer, you know, or even just hanging out with friends, like you are more focused on them and building that relationship, which again is all pointing us towards that ultimate goal of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So as we wrap up, we would um, just love to give you our verse and then we got a, we got a takeaway, but I just decided I'm going to add another takeaway. Okay. So that's, that's a little bit of a, Curveball. Curveball for the ladies next to me. <laughs> um, but I'm excited about it. So here we go. All right. So we have 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. Mm. And that's the reality. Like when we get distracted, one of the devil's biggest tactics tactics is distraction and that oh, it ne- totally is yeah and that next line i believe it reads like resist him yeah <laughs> it says resist him solid in your faith and and what is yeah that's resist what we're him. doing like bring <laughs> refocus bring your focus back to prayer back to yeah growing in your faith mm-hmm. yeah okay would you like to give our first takeaway and then yeah. i'm gonna throw the curveball takeaway in all right this is fun <laughs> Our first takeaway uh, is just a challenge uh, for this week. Set goals. You know, it's hard to be focused if if you don't have a focal point. You know, we need to be moving in a direction towards something. So set a, a long-term goal for yourself and then set three short-term goals that will help you accomplish eventually that long-term goal for this week. Ooh, that mm-hmm. was a tongue twister. Yeah. And write those goals somewhere. Yeah. So you can see them every day. Keep yourself accountable. Tell somebody else, tell your friend. Yeah. You can, I love like a good dry erase marker on oh, the mirror. That, yes. Yeah. That's a good love one. That. Sticky notes. I love stick. Oh, I'm sticky a sticky notes. Note. I'm a sticky Put note. Put it girl. on your door. Mm-hmm. So you see it a couple times a day. Yep. So that's our first. So long-term goal and three short terms for the week. Um, mine is, um, a social media fast. Like I was just thinking like, Mm. why, why are we such a distracted society? And you, all it took was you saying, be present with your friends. And Mm. it's like, how many times do I go to a restaurant and I see just people sitting across from each other on their phones? It hurts my heart. It hurts. It does hurt. It hurts. So whether that's setting a literal physical, you know, time limit on your social media, on your phone. I have that. Um, or it's like, you know what, this week I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fast from social media for the week and and really see what that allows you to then focus on. But it also will allow you with your long-term goals. You didn't spend six hours on TikTok today. Somebody said that recently, six hours on TikTok, they found out in a day. You didn't spend even an hour on TikTok when you could have been sleeping studying out practicing more doing something that would help yeah. you achieve Great your final goal curveball takeaway you're welcome you know sometimes you just get inspired yeah. and then you're able to hear the spirit because you're focused Woo. i actually have an app if anybody wants to use it in terms of because i am constantly on a social media fast 
Um, it's called Days Without. And at first you um you type in like what you're like essentially like fasting from is it's was for smoking, like originally. Oh. So you can see like how many days you've gone without it. And I think right now I'm like on like day 90 something without wow. it. That's but, awesome. Yeah. Are you happier without social media? I'm so life? much happier. And the other thing too is that at first I was very conscious of how many days I was at because I was like, ooh. I like I was just like, well, I want to go on it, like and stuff like that. So I would look and I'd be like, oh, it's only been three days. <laughs> but now I'm I, I'm not even aware of it. Don't That's even miss awesome. it. Well, no. It becomes a habit at that point. Yeah, you know. Cool. Well, um, this has been fun. This has been a nice focused short podcast. Um, please leave us a review. Please leave us a comment. Please help. You know, share your goals with us. We'd love to hear. Uh, what you are making as a goal for a long term, uh, ultimately heaven, but also your your athletic goals and and how you're how you're breaking those down. And um, if you need some social media fasting accountability, I think when we release this episode, right we'll make it fasting, right? <laughs> uh, we got gotcha. you. So thank you all for listening. God bless you. you know we're praying for you, and we will see you next time. Working together physically, mentally, and spiritually through the verse of 1 Peter 5.18, where we discipline ourselves, learning to be like roaring lions. You want more on this episode from fears or maybe things you might have missed, check us out, Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio so you don't miss what's to come. And also to share with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. I am Ace Wicay. When Catholics Coast to Coast returns, adventures in imperfect living helps us to understand what we can learn from life when it gets hacked and literal and spiritual. We'll get to that coming up next on Catholics Coast to Coast. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcast today. Folks, welcome to another episode of the program. My name is Greg Willits from RosaryArmy.com. And I'm Jennifer Willits, his wife. Hope you're doing well. Make sure, uh, if you haven't already, to subscribe to this channel. If, just click the little buttons and the notifications and all that thing. We love hearing comments from you. We've gotten some really nice comments recently from folks, and it's always very edifying. And these, this is the value of making... Uh, Real life friends in real life places because these, <laughs> as you're as they're listening on to YouTube, pe- as they're listening to, to people that they've never probably met before. Okay, but there take is, advice from us, but not from no. all of the other imaginary people in your life. But there are real life people in your little circle. Okay, mm-hmm. there is value to making deposits using a financial term here, making deposits in real friendships uh, because one day you might actually need their help and. They're there for you. And so I knew I had a friend on the inside of of my bank. And I just went to him saying, listen, I think I'm in trouble. I didn't even know I was. But it's like, I think I think something is compromised. Will you please check my accounts? Uh, we're on the way to go. We're on the way to meet you. Um, but in the meantime, I don't want to waste any time. And I that was a very good move that I made because obviously he was he he stopped everything he checked it and he saw problems right away that needed to be fixed and so they were like 
um, like Greg just said, they were fixing things and all, and nothing was taken. So, th- and from so my perspective, that was awesome. The good move I made was when I came out and said, "Get all your stuff. We're yes. going to the bank now." Because, yeah. <clears throat> and I did that. Quite honestly, I, I was motivated by um, selfishness in that. <laughs> no, hold on. <laughs> what in, do you mean? in that, it was a Friday afternoon at three o'clock. I knew that banks closed no later yes. than five, but most likely are going to stop at four. And if we had to go into the weekend, that's it. Afraid that yeah. something treacherous was happening, every second counted. And I, I was afraid of my mental state by Sunday at three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> if I didn't have answers to yeah. what was just happening. Right. You know? So, so it was very much to make sure that I did. Oh, and then wasn't that. What was that leading up to Martin Luther King uh, that Monday as well? Was that was that the Monday or was the Monday before Martin Luther King? Maybe I I don't know because I, then it would have been another bank holiday. Oh, I, oh no, that already happened. <laughs> okay, that okay. already happened. Uh, so I was. Um, but meanwhile, while this event was, we were in the throes of it. I felt awful. I felt like I did a bad thing. I mean, these were my. This was the the noise in my head. And I'm like, okay, but I, too, had to remind myself, but what is true? What are lies and what are truth? Nothing actually was breached. There was a threat of a breach, but no breach happened in the end because it was stopped. So everything's okay. No, there was a breach. The, there, right. The there breach was a occurred, breach, but, but we it, were able to— But nothing leaked out. Yeah. <laughs> nothing yeah. leaked out of the breach. The intruder came into the house, but we were able to get them out of the house. Right. So, yeah, if you imagine like a robber, he opened the window, and that's as far as it went. I don't he know. He had a foot the in. window. He had a foot He in. may have, but yeah, he then he the, stuck, boom, the window he, was shut. <laughs> he had a foot and, uh, you know, almost so, on the floor. So what was— really good about this is especially for me like you're more knowledgeable about how hackers operate they have a playbook i i didn't know the playbook i didn't know i didn't know how what they were capable of i didn't know to the extent that it would happen i didn't know about spoofing phone calls i didn't know that a fraudster can take a business phone number and put it in their caller id so that when you look at your phone it'll bypass the fraudulent scam, it'll see it as a, a, le- a legitimate phone number that your phone recognizes, that you will recognize, and that you can Google and confirm that it is, in fact, a valid phone number. Yeah. So I didn't know that was going to happen. So anyway, all all that to say, I was so grateful. And in the end, I think I feel all the better for it. I feel so encouraged and so blessed because I know God has got my back. You know, I know that, yes, while people around you can also help you and they have your back, but God has our back because we are part of his faithful. And so I started researching more good news about this whole attack, and that is the enemy has a playbook, and we know what the playbook is because the scriptures that we can read anytime tell you the playbook. And so we now know what to what the enemy will use, which is lies, deception, to try to get your guard down, to make you feel afraid, to make you feel like God is nowhere, to make you feel like you're alone. But all of that is a lie. It is a lie. And so I had to remind myself of the truth. And boy, when you remind yourself of the truth of God's words, you do feel better. I feel so much better now because now I'm more fortified. I now know what the tricks are, and so I can better evade them, use my God-given intelligence to not be fooled again. I think some of what you just described is, in in a way, grace in action, right? So 
we went through a, a difficult situation, and we all have difficult situations that are going to happen to us. Are we pre-fortified to deal with those situations? You could easily see, had we not had our relationship with Jesus Christ through his Blessed Mother, th through total consecration, all the work, for example, that we did this year with total consecration, and thinking about it so much, and meditating and praying about Mary, help me see your son and his suffering and, and bring me to him and help me to become more like Christ. Had we not done that, how much easier it would have been at the moment of the attack to immediately fall into what? Into despair. Rather than scratching as much as we can on the, you know, to get to the top of the cliff of hope and to hold on to whatever hope we can possibly hold on to and hold on to whatever trust. I could easily see how, how it would be easy to slip into that. One of the other things that I have noticed is, so it's been a couple of months since I've actually had an opportunity to go to confession. Tried to go this past weekend and it didn't happen. I've been wanting to go. Not that I'm necessarily in a state of mortal sin, but I am very much feeling not empty of grace, but very much a depletion of, of the grace of the sacrament of reconciliation. What this incident brought forward was, were some of the areas of my tendency to sin. So I actually just talked to my therapist about this this morning. You know, the, the level of anger. Well, he, he placated me and said, okay, but this is, a, this is a righteous anger that you're feeling right now. I said, yeah, but I said, I, I'm going to be 100% honest. I was imagining wanting to do violence upon this person who did this mm. to us. So it went it went beyond just, you know, how dare you do this mm. to if I saw this guy oh. wanting to take him by, you know, the shirt and just go <laughs> and bash his face in. Not that, I don't know if I actually would, but there's a great desire and temptation to do mm. that. Well, what does that show, right? Mm. That showed an area that I still need to work on great level of forgiveness. I need to be continually working on levels of trust, even more trust of God, of being able to have that greater level of empathy that you talked about. You know, there's just a lot of mm -hmm. things where an increase in virtue probably would have served me well in this particular moment. So these incidences can not only help you to grow closer to Jesus in your dependency upon him. But it can also help you to grow closer to Jesus in that it can show and expose areas where we need to grow in virtue, grow in holiness, and areas where perhaps we were lacking. So next time, God forbid it happens again, but if some other mm -hmm. circumstance where we feel a betrayal of trust occurs, what am I going to do between now and then that I am seeking out a greater level of grace, perhaps not wait two months between confessions, perhaps deliberately praying about God. This revealed in me a heightened level of anger that I didn't realize I possessed. So how do I become more meek like Jesus? How do I become more forgiving like Jesus? How, how do I take what happened, and how do I allow the negative— to transform into a positive. And that's always difficult. And I, I remember when we were 
on the radio years ago, and, and we would say this phrase, and it felt it rang true at the time. And I don't know what happened in the last ten years. I think I think you know just because of circumstances, my own belief in what we used to say kind of got watered down. But I still think there was a great amount of wisdom in what we used to say. People would call our radio program and share with us the most horrible things that were happening in their lives, death or loss of a child or whatever it might be, and and just great struggles. And I remember saying to to countless people, how much God must love you to give you a cross so heavy. And the thinking behind it is that, well, think about how heavy was the cross that God allowed his son Jesus to carry that had upon it the weight of all of the sins of the world. And how great is the love of God the Father for Jesus Christ the Son. And so when we are given crosses, we're given the opportunity to be a little bit more like Jesus. So how much God the Father is showing us his love, not by taking the crosses away, which he does sometimes, but sometimes allowing us to carry the crosses so that we can become more like Jesus. His love for us is so great that he longs for you to be more like his son because he wants to love you in the way that he loves his son, which is completely, totally in a hundred percent in all things, and he wants you to be able to love as his son does, which is a hundred percent completely and totally. And so those things get wrapped up in <clears throat> you know, when a bad thing happens, when a person hurts you, when a bad situation happens, when a death occurs, a senseless death, a an unexpected event getting laid off from your job, an unexpected divorce. These are all things that people in our circle are dealing with right now. How heavy those crosses are, how much God loves you to give you a cross so heavy. And one of the things that those crosses can do is not only help you to grow in the virtue, but help you to grow in your trust of God. And sometimes God puts heavy crosses on us so that we can finally have the realization of how dependent we are upon God, because we know I cannot carry this cross alone. He's never asking us to carry the cross alone. Those are a lot of the things that were going through my head. It exposed a weakness. It exposed several weaknesses for Mm -hmm. me. And I think that I've kind of slipped into a little bit of melancholy over the last few days because I don't like what I see. In, in some of my reactions, particularly my thoughts. And and so this exposed those things. And so part of me wants to get angry at the at the scammer all over again. Just like, mm-hmm. see what you're making me feel right now? It's like, well, but maybe you've done me a service. Right. <clears throat> and a lot of um, the last couple of days have given me time to sort of further reflect on the, actually something that we, we did a show about, Maybe last year, the last two years, when we spoke with Father Timothy Gallagher for the book, um, Spiritual Exercises, or no, Discernment of Spirits, as promoted he, by St. Ignatius. Yeah, but he's done— He's a spiritual he's, right, exercise. But, yeah, Father Timothy Gallagher, is, he's done a whole bunch of Discernment right. of Spirits books. Okay, but on one of them, it was another description of a playbook of how the enemy likes to attack us, beat us down, but also how God is constantly trying to bring you back and how— He's also trying to 
keep you on the path of righteousness. And so I was reminding myself of some of the discernment of spirits to refresh my mind on, okay, what are some of the tactics again of the enemy? Because if you don't really read it that often, you might actually forget, and then your your guard is down. Um, but one that actually made me feel a little bit affirmed was this tactic here that I'll share with you. When the fundamental direction of a person's life is moving toward God, then the enemy's tactic is to bite, sadden, place obstacles, and rob the peace with lies on that person. Okay, that's from St. Ignatius. When you have a person who's basically toward God, he's living for God, he's in a good place, when you're that person, the enemy is going to attack by biting you, robbing you of your peace, and making you feel like, see, God, you, God isn't with you. God isn't with you. And I thought, that was a little bit of what happened to uh, what I perceived to happen to us in the last couple of days. And so with that, it led me on another, um, not a rabbit trail, but going back on God's words, because Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20 is a wonderful description of the armor of God. It's the whole armor of God. And in Ephesians, I knew it was in there, but it was this reminder of, okay, why is it armor? Why is it called armor? Because we're in battle. <laughs> we're in spiritual battle. We need to protect ourselves from the enemy because the enemy fights dirty. And so I reread those scriptures once again. And in fact, if you permit me, I'll read it now. If you haven't heard this in a while, it's a great reminder of the armor of God, but also how the enemy fights. And it's only like 10 scriptures, so it won't take long. 10 scriptures? 10, 10, ten verses okay. in this scripture. Okay, this is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Mm. Stand, therefore, having fastened the belt of truth around your waist, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace. Besides all these, taking the shield of faith with which you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me that utterance may be given me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Hmm. So, and then that scripture led to the final one that I would love to share with you because the Psalms are amazing. And there's like a Psalm 
I feel like for every emotional situation that we feel. But what I really wanted to be reminded of in these last couple of days of was God's assurance that he's got me. And sometimes when you feel attacked, the lie is that no one is protecting you. That's the lie that you want to believe. But scripture tells you the truth. And it can be found in this particular psalm of Psalm 121, which is eight amazing verses of assurance, which I will share with you now. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I help us in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. That was something that yeah. that, that that particular phrase was something that um, I never heard on a regular basis until we moved to Colorado. Um, and then Father uh, Father Jim, who was the vocation director at the time, whenever and he was his office was on the same floor as as mine, and sometimes he would join us for praying the Angelus or something like that, or you know some other thing that we were doing. And whenever he would lead a prayer. We'd get to the um, to the end of it. He always said, uh, "Our help is in the name of the Lord." <laughs> I remember at first going, "What do I say? What is this? <laughs> this is like an advanced Catholic yeah. test." <laughs> and then you know, and, and praying the liturgy of the hours on a regular basis. You know, you you, you read that psalm uh, on a frequent basis. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and who earth. Who made heaven yeah. and earth? So, one thing that I didn't tell you um, was I actually went back to the bank today. I had a little bit more business to conduct. And I saw that same wonderful gentleman who helped us so much the other day when we were going through this uh, terrible scam situation. And uh, he was so happy and eager to help me. And he goes, guess what? A couple days ago, another lady came in here. The same exact thing happened to her. She got the phone call, emails, all under the guise of being this banking institution. And, and I just thought, wow, that's way too soon. That's what I thought this was like a crazy event. Um, so, yeah, please be on guard. <laughs> one, one of the things <laughs> you know? that we did uh, immediately after, uh, you know, because you start, here's the other nefarious thing, right? In a situation like this, it's so easy when you are the victim to want to place <clears throat> additional blame on yourself, more blame than is even necessary. So mm-hmm. I immediately was like, okay, so they were able to get a lot of personal information about us. So what happened? How did that happen? And, you know, when we went to Columbus just recently, and again, I I need to come up with a better word than paranoid. I'm just cautious, right? I'm very cautious. So Mm -hmm. when we were at the airport, I normally don't get on public Wi-Fi systems. But for whatever reason, I just did. Oh, I know why. Because our flight was delayed like six hours and I'm just like, I don't even care anymore. I mean, that really, really was kind of oh, my idea. Oh. And I'm like, I wanted to watch this. I want to finish watching this documentary I was watching. I'm just going to hop on the public Wi-Fi and watch watch this, right? Okay, well, that doesn't <clears> seem <throat> bad. And at one point, I paused, and I went to the restroom, and I came back. And when I came back, I walked past a guy on his laptop. And he had his laptop open, and I just saw 
he was a coder. I just saw all all sorts of code. I don't know what he was coding, but I could just I you know I recognized the, a mm-hmm. screen of what what a coder screen looks like, <clears throat> and I immediately went, "This is this is the kind of thing where people can sit in public areas where there's a public Wi-Fi, and there is software and there are methodologies for scanning network traffic on a given network. If you're on the network." It, that that traffic can be scanned. And so mm-hmm. someone could be looking and keeping track of every website that you go on to, every place or you mm-hmm. know and, and there's a there are ways of capturing what you're doing. And you'll see this like even in your own neighborhood, for example, right? Pull up your Wi-Fi, how many of your neighbors' Wi-Fi systems or printers pop up? Oh, that's true. And and you'll see printers of your neighbors like, you know, f- Printing paper, right? And oftentimes, if you look at the Wi-Fi, there's no lock next to it. Theoretically, it would not be difficult for you to jump on your neighbor's printer and print something to them. You could freak them out. You could be. You could do terrible things. I'm watching you. I mean, how much would you freak out if that yeah, happened, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's prudent to to secure things down. So. I had gone back and forth. When I saw that guy, I immediately, when I got back to sitting down next to you after seeing that guy with the open laptop, I was like, this is so stupid. I just broke one of my own rules uh-huh. of jumping on a public yeah. Wi-Fi like that. <clears throat> and I closed everything. I literally, I closed everything down. I closed mm-hmm. on all my apps. I I knocked off the network mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to do that again. And so I'm thinking, oh, and then we just were in a hotel as well. Well, in a hotel... You don't have to log into the network. You, you you go through a little bit of a system, mm-hmm. but pretty much everyone is on the same network mm-hmm. within a hotel. So there's something called a virtual private network, a VPN, and there's a lot of systems and services that you can get to do that. And there's there's different <clears throat> YouTube channels I'll watch where they talk about different ones. And one guy who I watch who has you know millions of followers, Colin Furs over in England, <clears throat> he always is, has as a sponsor Surfshark. I can't imagine this guy would have Surfshark as a sponsor if it wasn't a decent system. And, you know, you can go and look at the reviews, lots of people. So I, I immediately signed up for Surfshark. I have since signed up as an affiliate, but I don't have an affiliate code yet. Mm-hmm. Not, not that it'll matter. <clears throat> I don't really care about that as much. But mm-hmm. if, you, if you're looking for ways of protecting yourself, I mean, again, prudence goes a long way, right? Mm-hmm. Just some simple, what, what do they say, an ounce of prevention is worth a, a pound of cure or something like that, yeah, right? that sounds right. And it's, it's the same kind of thing. It's like the, just being smart about your passwords. Do you have a password protocol? Mm-hmm. Do you have different passwords for every website that you visit? And it doesn't have to be hugely different. You're like, oh, I got 60 different you know, websites. Well, so do we. But we have a methodology for generating passwords mm-hmm. that, that we know, but we're going through the process of changing all those now mm-hmm. because of what happened. And do that at, you know, on a frequent basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, it's been a couple of years since we updated all of our passwords, so we were about due. And and you know make sure that you have um, a protocol for taking care of those kinds of things. And I, I think you know the same kinds of things. Just it, it it's amazing how an incident like this makes you think about what's your health protocol. How 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 much are you taking care? Of? How, how many bullet point checkpoint marks are you doing right now to take care of your health? How much? What's your maintenance schedule on your house and your car? I mean, think yeah. about it. What did we just have done? We just had our windows clean. Why? Because we've been here five years and our windows were a mess and they needed to be cleaned. <laughs> and it's like, and and I keep trying to clean them and I can only go so far before I need some help to do that. Mm-hmm. It, I know it, I'm, I, in my mind it makes sense what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say, but it's like 
we need checkup points in our lives. I mean, there's there's spiritual checkups. We're talking about going on a retreat. After a while, I need to go on a retreat because I need a spiritual reset and a checkup. Yeah. And so that's another one of those things I was thinking about in terms of all these things that are happening. Are, you know, what are the areas in your lives, in your life, that needs a checkup right now and need, maybe needs a bit of a clean slate reset? And this just kind of woke me up in that regard. So. Well, yeah, I definitely feel more awake <laughs> than ever before now that I know how bad it can be. But um, again, I keep getting I, a, I keep getting a, a text from a guy named Mac Barron. I don't trust him at all. <laughs> I just keep saying, who are you? Leave me alone. Right. Blocked, blocked, blocked. <laughs> you know, when I was reading um, Ephesians and I was uh, reading the, the particular verse about, you know, the, the principalities, the powers, you know, this present darkness, yeah. I wanted to add through email, through text messages, the devil will use technology and fight you there and try to get you there. Well, I'm surprised you didn't use the analogy that you keep using over the weekend of well, the Garden no, of Eden. Well, that, and that's what I, I was just getting ready to share that. Um, that was probably the first thing that I, I thought of. I went to Eve at the tree talking to that snake because the snake, a.k.a. Satan, <laughs> had a limit. He's like, all Satan could do okay, church is lady. tempt... Eve, but he needed Eve to actually take the apple and eat it. So the whole point was that Satan needed Eve to do something because he could not do it all. He could not force her and make her sin. He could just tempt her into doing it. So it's like, okay, that's the limit. So the limit that the scammers use is very similar. They try to get you to act. They they can only go so far and, and dangle a little carrot in front of you and try to present you with enough distorted truth to make you believe it's real because they're trying to get you to click on something, to give something to them so that they then they could finish and, um, and rob and steal and whatever they want to do. And so I know, like what you're saying, that you pride yourself on knowing how to be you know, diligent and not, and safeguard your protection Dang it. of your things. And pride. Got to work on pride. pride. Okay. You pride, pride yourself. My, pride oh, well, yeah, there's got to be a better word for See, that. See, pride it, is so bad. It keeps exposing other weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, like I know never to share my password. I know that. I know this. They got it out of me anyway because they tricked me completely. And I felt like, oh man. Eve was also tricked into thinking that it was good. And, it, and I I was also tricked. And I know, but they made me think. And I had no reference point. I guess that was the other side. I didn't know that. And you that, almost got us kicked out of the garden. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. Like, once again. What if this was the one time this verification of a password was needed to save me? And I thought that it was part of the solution. Well, now I know 100% of the time, you will never, ever, 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 ever need to surrender a password under any circumstances with a, with a bank. Learning from our mistakes, especially when life gets hacked, that is, adventures in imperfect living. If you go to Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio, you can catch up. Remember to let God define who you are, and I'll see you again on Catholics Coast to Coast.